Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Twitch, in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the hardcover campaign adventure Rime of the Frost Maven. This show is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support this show, you can do so by going to Sly Flourish, uh, going to patreon.com slash Sly Flourish and becoming a patron. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive of content, but most of all, they help make sure that shows like this can happen. So yes, uh, I want to start off with some insights. Uh, I have had a bit of a crisis in my Wednesday Frostmaiden game that I'm pretty sure is also going to affect my Sunday Frostmaiden game. And I've come to some new, uh, some, some new assessments. So I've mentioned before my three main tips for starting off in your Rime of the Frost Maiden game. And uh, those three tips are to bind the characters to a single goal. And that goal is you and your companions seek to help the people of 10 towns survive the endless night. Uh, by binding them to that goal, they have reasons to do all of the quests that exist in chapter one and in all the rest of the chapters of the book. The characters should be there trying to help the people of 10 towns survive the endless night. Uh, another point which I made is that uh, you should start in Bryn Shander. Bryn Shander is a great starting town, and the quest there, Foaming Mugs, is actually really good for first-level characters. It's a good way to get them to second level, and uh, it's a good starting town. So Bryn Shander is the starting town, and Foaming Mugs is a starting quest is a great way to go. And three is to add the Cult of Oral by having another villain that exists inside 10 towns, one they can't just immediately go kill, but one that the people have started to support but clearly are up to no good and have the cult of oral responsible for the sacrifices means that the players will be more likely to care for the towns and be willing to work with the town speakers rather than being like, these towns are busy killing themselves. Why do I care what they're going to do? So those are my three main tips, but I have some new ones that I've come to, and we're going to talk about those. Uh, one is control the flow of the quests. This one I got from my friend, Sam Dillon. I, I spent a fair bit of time talking to Sam about chapter one and the difficulties that I've been having with chapter one. And he showed, you know, both discussed and showed that he has a better handle on it because he controlled the flow of the quests. And he did so by making sure that he was only giving quests out uh, that he wanted the characters to explore. He didn't just drop every single quest in the book. So the minute a group went to a town, it didn't mean that they got the quest for that town right away uh, if they got it at all. Um, so, he, you know, he, he controlled only, only about three quests at a time. So they never had too many quests. Uh, this kind of narrowed the field, right? Instead of having nine open quests and they can go to any one of the towns and deal with them. Uh, instead, he made sure that only the quests that he wanted to be available were available, uh, thus controlling the flow of the quests. And uh, also it's important to let quests die off that if they, if the characters choose not to do a quest, you, you let that quest go away. And I've, I've done this kind of, I've done this. Okay. Uh, there are two quests that I've had that both my groups knew about and then both decided not to do and that was the uh the lake monster quest in bremen and the um the quest in uh targos to go find the expedition uh, i had both of those quests go away uh because neither neither group really bit into them which meant i didn't get to play those quests but that's okay a tricky bit of this adventure is there's a lot of quests in chapter one and even with the slow progression that chapter one has uh, you, you can still out-level the quest very quickly and out-level the entire chapter very quickly, particularly if you add in your own content. And I did because I added in the Cult of Oral and I had all kinds of adventures with the Cult of Oral and I had a lot of other stuff. And what it meant is the players felt like they should be leveling because they did a ton of stuff, but they're not leveling. And they're, so now they're upset because they're not leveling as fast as they expected. And you know, even though they've accomplished a bunch of things. And, uh, and yet I still have a bunch of quests they haven't done. So, so that's a real controlling the flow of quests is really important. And I would say like, take a hard look at the quests in chapter one. There's like 12 or 13 quests in chapter one. Take a hard look at them and decide like, if you had to cut half of them, which half would you have? More importantly, which quests are priorities? Which ones do you really feel like they need to do? And that gets to the, that gets to the, the last point, which is to plant the seeds that lead into the main story uh, of chapter two and beyond, right? So... Uh, we don't want to say story threads because then we're mixing metaphors. So you know, plant the seeds that lead to the main story of chapters two and, and, and beyond, right? And there's three main storylines occurring. And you want to plant the seeds for all three while you're running the quest in chapter one. First, 
uh, you want to plant the seeds of Oral and the Endless Night. They know about the Endless Night, but you want to talk about the fact, and I've done a pretty good job of this in my games, of seeding the fact that Oral is here, right? She's out there somewhere, and there are things out there. And when you have like the Awakened Animals, and you have Rasmus and the Druid, and you have Sephic Caltra, the Murderer, they are children of Oral, almost literally, right? They are beings that are directly connected to Oral. And they will tell the characters, Oral is here. Like, I'm doing this because she's there. Not metaphorically, she's out there, right? So you want to you wanna clue into the fact that Oral is here and that Oral is trying to destroy civilization to bathe all of the North in a giant glacier that kills everybody else and just leaves her, right? So you want to seed that, those concepts, those secrets, those hints, those clues throughout all of the adventures that you can. And I think there's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, then you want to plant the seeds for Zardarok, Sunblight, and the Duergar, right? I have not done a good job of this at all. They don't know anything about the Duergar. They've heard that there's like stuff going missing in Sierra Koenig. Um, they know that there's like rumors of ghosts wandering around. They've seen weird footprints that don't make any sense, but they don't know what it is and they don't really care and they don't really have any connection, right? And I have not, I, I think a, a, something I'm going to consider and we're going to talk about today is I think I'm just going to have the Duergar show up wherever the characters are. So instead of it having to occur in Sierra Koenig, one problem is Sierra Koenig is far, and you're going to hit all these other towns on the way, and all those quests to all those other towns, right? Lots of things to get involved in, and you'll never make it to Sierra Koenig, and therefore you'll never know about the Duergar, and the next thing you know, you're supposed to somehow seed them to go to the Duergar. So I want to... I want to better seed that in, right? I want to, I need to better seed in the Dorgar, and I recommend that you do. I recommend you do it as much as you're doing Oral and the other stuff is make it clear that there's like weird invisible dwarves that are stealing stuff, have rumors, have hints and clues, stuff like that. I think that that can work. And the nice thing about the Dorgar is I think you can move them anywhere. It doesn't have to be Sierra Koenig. You can move them anytime. And then the third thing that you want to plant the seeds of is Yethrin. Which, uh, this is the, the, the Netherese. Uh, the Netherese structure under the ice. And there's a few ways to do this. You could have old sages who talk about the fact that they know that there's a thing under the ice. We're going to talk about that in today's today's session. Uh, you could have weird artifacts that they find, strange metal, weird spires sticking out of the earth. But you want a hint of that. There's something under the ice. People are excited about what's under the ice. You might even hint, and this is where I'm going to be changing the adventure a little bit. You might even hint that whatever it is that's under the ice might be causing the endless night, right? And maybe it is. Through oral... I have this idea about that Oral is using a Mithalar to create the Endless Night. The Mithalar is inside um, Yethrin, and you have to go stop both of them. You have to defeat Oral and stop the thing in order to really save the world. So, but you want to hint about the Nethries. You want to hint about the ancient civilization under the ice. And again, I've done a pretty good job of this. And then there's other threads, in, particularly in Chapter 2, that you might want to seed. And a, a few of the ones that matter to me, like you, you, you want to look through all the chapter two stuff and say, do I have threads that matter? Do I want to show the white, that there's an ancient white dragon out there, right? Maybe. But there's some other stuff too, which is like the vampire, you know, there's, there's vampiric kobolds out there, right? Vampiric kobolds and gnolls are out there. And you can have them like the remains of their kills, right? And I've done a little hinting on that, but I could do more. Um, mind flayers and the descendant, both my groups, I have lots of stuff with this. So they have no doubt. They know about mind flayers. They know mind flayers are there. They know they're being called. I have no problem with the mind flayer stuff. In fact, I think I'm going to like turn the dial way up on the mind flayer stuff and make that a big piece of my game going forward because mind flayers are cool. Uh, and then the arcane brotherhood, right? The fact that you have these arcane gunslingers that are out there in town and they're all seeking power. And like one of them got executed and one of them is in prison and, you know, the other ones are wandering around and you actually get hired by one. I think that I want to, I want to double down on that. You're going to see me, um, you're going to see me talking about that in my game today. So, uh, illuminated Nick says, but the mind flares are gnomes. The adventure is written as comedy. Uh, I plan on redoing that entire, I do too. I think I'm going to make normal mind flares. I like the idea of like making the mind flares a sympathetic creature a little bit, like not really. I want the players to be like, oh, they're lost, like E.T., and they need to phone home. And you're like, they're mind flares. Like, they're the worst, right? Like, huh. So, but I kind of like that idea. And I do want to add in the Githyanki mind flare war as like a, a big tier two, maybe even tier three element of the story here. I want to, I want to deal with that. Yeah, Snarkta says, they need to phone home to continue conquering, conquering the multiverse. How do we know the aliens in E.T. aren't conquerors, right? Like, 
They have spaceships. You know, they could be like Cortez, right? They're going to come in and, oh, like, oh, thanks for giving our guy back, but we're going to come back with all of our warships. How do we know E.T.'s not a villain, right? Because he looks cute. The gnome flares will destroy the characters. So, um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of fun there. Anyway, so those are my, those are kind of my new thoughts and tips that I'm offering for, as I'm getting into chapter one, uh, you know, the added ones of control the flow of the quests, plant the seeds, uh, you know, plant and plant the seeds that matter. Those are two, really the two big new thoughts about chapter one. And it's helping me articulate like the crisis that I'm in, which is I kind of gave out too many quests and now I, I can't really kill them all off. Some of the quests are really cool. So how do I move them around, right? How do I, how do I change them and get rid of them so that the characters can hit fourth and fifth level and then get on into the next parts of the book? So yeah. Anyway, let's talk about today's game. So at the end of our session, let's take a look at the uh, old session notes from last game. Uh, Sunday, Frostmaiden, May 2nd. That was it. Uh, it began with uh, Perrin, Fat Rabbit, and Shadowhawk hearing a voice in Deep Speech saying, help me. They, they did that. So they were going to go confront Torgs. Yeah, we had another cool alien moment. Um, so they were going to go confront Torgs, the merchant caravan, and, and, and uh, try to... They were, you know, because they're a competing business, they were going to overemphasize the fact that Torgs had been harboring a murderer. And it was pretty clear that Torgs and Torga and the rest of them didn't really know what was going on. But there's a lot of like sinister stuff and like investigating the camp and a lot of talk. And then uh, one of the characters said, oh, I'm going to put up a zone of truth and we're going to question them. And so they brought everybody in. They started questioning it. And they said, like, are you a member of the cult of Oral? And then one of the players said, are you a member of the cult of Thrun? And they're like, the cult of Thrun, three of the four people are like, no. And then the halfing is like, yes. You know, the Thrun will escape and Thrun will be here and Thrun will do all. Ah. And he exploded like a monster in, in the thing and churned into a gibbering mouther and started, or gibbering mouther and started like doing all the things and tentacles. And it was like, oh my God. And it was sort of like the scene with the, uh, the weird blood that turned into a hellhound, right? Or the mouse that they threw into a thing and the mouse turned into a hellhound. Um, so there's another moment of like crazy mutant from the Forbidden Zone kind of stuff. They had to then fight the gibbering mouther or gibbering mouther, which turned out to be pretty hard. And they, um, you know, and then they're like, so, and then that was enough evidence for the, um, the Tourmaline militia to arrest all of Torgs and send them off. And, and I think what that they're going to end up sending Torga and, and maybe her group to the prison. So now there, there's new people in the prison and they're, it's kind of false. Like they're, they're getting arrested, but they didn't have anything to do with it. Like they didn't know they're just, you know, they just hire people. Right. And it's like, we didn't know who these people were. Um, so I think it'll be fun. That's kind of an interesting, an interesting side, you know, side, side quest. So at that point they then went to, it's always hard when I have these like major elements, like, like revealing the cult of oral or revealing Torgs and then be like, and now go and help the mine, right? Like they, they, they go from this big thing that's going on. Like there's, there's some kind of elder evil out in the glacier that's breaking free should we do something about that? It's like, no, go to the mine and figure out why kobolds are there, right? And they're like, okay, I guess we'll go to the kobold mine. And it's happened a couple of times where like the players were like, we're going to build the house of the triad into a new community center. And we're going to like really build up this whole place and do all this stuff, you know? And they were like ready to start businesses. And then they're like, and then, and then their patrons like, don't you want to go on more quests? And like, oh yeah, quests, right? And then they went off on a quest. But you're like, it was quickly turning to like SimCity. And I had like, don't forget about these quests and the quests on the surface are like, you know, a person went missing, like a person went missing. We just found like tons of people. Right. So anyway, they got the quest to go to beautiful mine. They have been combing through the mine uh, and they just got down to the third level of the mine. And um, uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, the, the dude in the mine, beautiful mine, uh, the kobold. Trex. So they just met Trex, right? And Trex is a kobold who is actually possessed by a ghost named Janth, Janth Alwar. I am going to turn Janth. This is where we talk about seeding in, seeding in stuff in the future. Janth is going to be one of the members of the Arcane Brotherhood. Instead of four, I think I'm going to have five members of the Arcane Brotherhood, or I might change them out. And I think Janth was killed by a Yeti, ripped in half by a Yeti, while trying to find... Um, while, while trying to find the, 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 the mysteries under the ice. And I think, um, 
So I, I, I want Janth to survive. Uh, I, I, or Janth will survive and maybe he'll possess somebody or maybe he'll, you know, kind of say, Hey, I've got information about what's going on. He'll offer up. I, I think we're going to do that. So there's a couple good seeds in beautiful mind that are important. One is Janth's ghost. And if you make Janth, so two changes to Janth are one Janth can be, uh, an art member of the arcane brotherhood, thus seeding the arcane brotherhood Two, Janth can know about the Netherese and know about Yethrin, maybe, or know what's there. doesn't know how to get in. And, that is why Janth hasn't gone, uh, when, when Janth died, Janth's ghost is still here. This idea of like Janth gives a crap about a satchel that's five feet away and you give the satchel and then the ghost goes away. Who cares? Right? Like that's pretty boring. So instead Janth being a member of the arcane brotherhood as a ghost that can then hang out with the characters, uh, and tell them stuff I think could be cool. Uh, the other major arc is that there is a fossilized mind flayer skull down in the mine with a psi crystal and the psi crystal can be speaking out to any of the characters that have been tied in with mind flayer stuff, which can be really cool. And, um, that can then tie to it ascendant and, and the mind flayer plot line. So there's two angles in here. Uh, a, another angle. So, so then, the, and then I want to figure out like, well, how do we tie dwarves in here too? I'm not sure. So, so those are, uh, you know, so that's the main thing that I want to do here. Then, the, of course, a nice fun fight are the Grells. And there is only one Grell in here, but there's no reason you can't have two Grells or maybe even three Grells, depending on how, how the characters do. And the idea that you can move the Grells anywhere, that they're, they're because there's this huge shaft of the Underdark, they could be up buried in the shaft and they could come down and grab kobolds. I think there's some fun stuff here. So I think... Um, so where, where the game ended last time was that they were confronting, uh, um, tracks, tracks, tracks. So we are going to go to our thing here. We're going to generate a new planning template. Uh, we are going to fill out the name. It is nine May, 2021 Sunday, D and D Sunday frost maiden. Uh, step one, let's review the characters. So we have Ilda. Ilda is a uh, half Goliath, half half elf, quarter elf. Uh, mother and father are uh, members of the cult of Oral. Uh, they are like the um, uh, uh, what's it? like the Malfoys from Harry Potter, and she found out that Auken is her half brother. Uh, that her actual biological father is a Goliath that her mother had a tryst with. And so she's starting to call Auken bro or something. For a while, she wondered whether or not Auken was her dad, but Auken's not her dad. And um, so she's kind of figuring herself out. The only cool thing I want to do there is when the characters travel back through Targos, I want to have her mom come up with a lunchbox and say, hey, I made you a, I made you a lunchbox for your journey and just see how that goes. I think that'd be a fun thing. Uh, Auk and Dawncaller is a member of the Goliath tribe. I think he's a uh, crag, worm crag. Uh, he is a uh, uh, worm dune crag uh, Goliath. So I might want to take that from chapter two and drop that in so that he can go home. That might be cool. Um, Shadowhawk is a drow sorcerer of House Zolaren who is on the run and there are drow that are hunting him down. So uh, the, a drow group... Uh, I forget their name. Uh, it's in, I, hang on. I, I don't need to remember because I brought it in. The Knight's Kiss. Assassins from the Knight's Kiss. Uh, drow assassins are hunting him down uh, and seek to kill him. Uh, one is a mage, one is a veteran. So that could be fun. Uh, we have Gorwen Alcazar. Gorwen Alcazar runs a merchant caravan. He is a secret noble, a secret member of the um, Grey Castle family. Worst secret ever. And he uh, runs the Wen Alcazar Trade Associates. He even has a Wen Alcazar Trade Associates luxury goods sigil. Um, so that could be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Gallandrill says the mind connects to the Underdark. Is there a connection to the Drought? Yeah, definitely there could be. But there's probably lots of connections. I don't. I don't know that I'm ready to bring the Knight's Kiss up now. But maybe. I think they're already up and about in in. Um, Icewind Dale. I've seen him. I think he's actually seen them. So maybe the fact that like, they'll know that there's a big connection to the Underdark. Perrin Fat Rabbit is a ranger um, halfling, kind of, 
but has been modified um, and now has psychic connections. Uh, something happened to him. So he's got a connection to the Mind Flayers uh, as well. Uh, yeah, that's one other thing is that Shadowhawk has a Mind Flayer symbiote in his brain that's slowly going to turn him into a Mind Flayer unless he does something about it. Perrin Fat Rabbit has been modified by Mind Flayers. So both of them feel the, this, this drawing connection to the Mind Flayers. Um, so that'd be cool. Uh, and then we have Candle in the Dark. Candle is a uh, uh, a rogue, tabaxi rogue. Uh, parents are currently uh, in the um, Bryn Shander Community Center, uh, which formerly was the House of the Triad, and then after that was the Cult of Oral headquarters, but they turned into the Community Center. And um, uh, so he is being hunted by Shakar Ballard, the Ebonheart. So... Um, yeah, fun stuff. So those are the characters. Uh, our strong start today is going to be uh, come on over for some tea. Um, then instead of a big crazy battle with kobolds, uh, we're going to have um, Trex uh, invites the characters over to parlay. Uh, Trex wants to, uh, make an alliance with, uh, Bryn Shand with the leadership of, um, Tourmaline. Trex is actually, uh, secrets. Yeah. So that's, so that's kind of the start. Uh, scenes are tea with Trex. Uh, then very likely uh, attack of the growls. Uh, then probably return to Tourmaline. Uh, and then the next quests. Uh, so now, following my own advice, we want to make sure that we are seeding, seeding the right quests. So what are the quests we want to reinforce? So there's uh, the White Moose. Uh, is murdering uh, woodsmen in Lonelywood. Um, that is a important quest. I can't spell. Um, what other quests have they not done that we believe they need to do? Uh, so we've cut Lake Monster off. Uh, I should actually, let's see, we're going to, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to make a checklist. Uh, we'll go down underneath treasure. Uh, and we're going to make a quest checklist. Turn all of these into to-dos and then uh, delete that. Lead all the names. So these are all of the quests for uh, um. Oh God, I'm terrible. So uh, Lake Monster. Uh, oh, and you you said uh, you're learning a lot about Notion. To check this out, if you put squigglies next to something, it strikes it through. So we can strike through stuff. Uh, they did foaming mugs. They did not do. They did not do the unseen. They did hold up. Uh, they've not done toil and trouble. Uh, mead must flow. They've done. Uh, mountain climb is dead. So we can strike that one through. Why did that not? There we go. Um. Uh, and they are in the process of doing a beautiful mind. So we can check that one off. So that means of the remaining quests and we can move, we'll move these two guys to the bottom. Um, black swords, which isn't really a quest. So I think we're gonna, um, I think this group are going to like, might come back later. We'll see. Uh, but I think we're going to underplay this quest. 
And uh, they're actually, um, these are old uh, followers of Thrun. So a trick for the Black Swords quest. Black Swords are, are, is the group of Asmodeus slash Levistus followers that exist inside Care, um, uh, the other Care. Care, uh, Tourmaline? No, uh, what's it called? <sighs> care something. Not Care Koenig, but the other Care. Dineval. Care Dineval. And um, my friend Sam Dillon brought up the fact that, like, oh, do we really need another cult? Like, do, oh, my God. So he added in um, Torog as a as a major god. I've added in Thrun because I think Thrun is cool. So I think I'm going to take the Black Swords. The cool bit with the Black Swords quest is you can take away the Asmodeus slash Levistus angle and make them any cult you want. They could be old followers of Oral if you really want to. Maybe they are the original followers of Oral. You could also tie them to somebody else. In my case, I'm going to tie them to Thrun because I like the idea of an elder evil named Thrun. Um, so the Black Swords, you can make them that way. And then the way to underplay it is that basically, no, the town speaker is fine, right? And is happy staying. He's ill and he's staying with us. And you can be like, there's something going on here. It's like, well, he's willing to talk to you and he says he's fine. So you can underplay it, but like, yeah, these guys are sinister, right? Uh, the Unseen uh, is a Dwargar quest. And uh, let's take a look at the Unseen. Uh, the cool bit of that copy and paste is it's linked to the... the um, so this is when Sierra Koenig... Um, yeah, this is the Sierra Koenig one of that, like, things have gone missing. I think you can move this quest anywhere. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to seed that one. Toil and Trouble is the quest of the missing fisher folk uh, in um, uh, East Haven. It's a, that's a cool quest. It might be better than the Unseen. It might be better to tie, uh, it might be better to tie the Unseen and Toil and Trouble together. Like it has this Toil and Trouble Town Hall Capers sort of quest line. So I think, I think this one might be better tied together, right? So, I might get rid of the unsween or tie tie this to town hall or to toil and trouble to town hall capers, right? So we're gonna tie that off, um, and that way you don't have to have a separate one in the unseen. You can get rid of Sierra Koenig; it doesn't matter, right? And now instead we 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 do this whole major quest arc in East Haven. Uh, and that's sort of the final quest arc in chapter one. Uh, and then you have the white moose. And I, uh, you know, the, the white moose, it's cool. Uh, my other group did it and liked it. And I think it could be fun. Uh, it does tie heavily to oral, which is useful. Uh, so we'll see. So I think when I'm coming back here about what the quest, the white moose is murdering woodsmen in 10 towns. Um, and we can have things are getting stolen. Let's see. Fisher folk have gone missing and uh, things are being stolen by invisible ghosts in East Haven. Uh, and part of, and maybe the town speaker was attacked. Uh, who's the town speaker in East Haven? Um, if we go to East Haven. Uh, Denneth Whalen, a good human commoner respected for his huma humility and forthrightness, but still willing to burn people to stake. Uh, so I think Captain Imdra, uh, the, the town captain, so this might be part of it, uh, uh, was wounded by one of the ghosts. So that's two quests we're going to leave on the open. And then, well, now we have a third quest, which is uh, the id or the, uh, the Psy Crystal wants to go home and is pulling the characters south to the spine of the world. Right? Psy. Psy crystal. Not capitalized. 
So that's a chapter two quest, but that's okay. We can start to seed in the chapter two quests. Um, so I think that those are, uh, I think this is stronger. So the, the thing is, so my Wednesday group is kind of a mess. I think actually I can salvage the Wednesday group the same way too. I think I can basically just like get rid of Sierra Koenig and move all of the relevant stuff into East Haven. And then if you do the East Haven stuff, then we're done with chapter one. That's sort of a conclusion because there's a lot of stuff that happens in East Haven. It's a great big quest line in East Haven. So we got that. Um, all right, so we got our scene, lots of scenes, but that's kind of important. Uh, I talked about this, so I have a video that's coming out on Wednesday, and one of the things I talk about in the video is when that you should only prep your session, only prep the next session that you're going to run, right? Don't don't worry about prepping the whole book. I'm, you don't see me talking about how we're going to handle Yethrin or how we're going to deal with um, Garskull or whatever the hell the name is it, where where or Oral or all that stuff. There's so many things going on, and in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know about that. Yeah, I know I have to worry about the attack of the big dragon. Um, yeah, I know I have to do all this stuff. I'm not worrying about it. Like that's a that's a problem, as I like to say. That, you know, that's a problem for six seconds from now. That's future Mike's problem, right? Future Mike has to worry about all that shit. Current Mike has to worry about today. I have a game in an hour and eighteen minutes, right? And I need to make sure that game is fun. So I prep for that game. That's why we the, the, the Return of Lazy Dungeon Master is built around primarily prepping your next session because the next session is the one that matters. The session from two weeks from now, that's two weeks from now's problem. And, but one of the things that you have to prep is where things are going to go at the end of the next session, right? So what are the options that are going to be available to the characters when they're done with the adventure, right? Where are they going next? That's this two horizons out problem. It's not enough for me to just worry about like the strong start and monsters and locations. I also have to think about, yeah, but what options are going to be available to them at the end? Where are they going to go next? Because that's what's going to come up at the end of the session, right? So that's why I have to say, like, what are the next quests? The White Moose, um, the, the East Haven stuff, and the Psy Crystal, right? And I know that those three are things that could, that could, that could pull on them. Um, I do have a question of, like, the Psy Crystal. Do I want them doing that now? Uh, or do I want them doing that later, right? Like, is there a reason? How can I delay that one? Do I want to delay that one? Uh, or how can I delay that one until they're done with East Haven? Do I need to? Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I won't worry about it. Like, am I putting that quest out too early? And I, I don't know that I am. Um, maybe the crystal needs time to figure out where it is, right? To lead people there. So... So what are some secrets of clues? Let's worry about um, Yeah, uh, psychic attunement takes time, right. Um, so what are some of the secrets and clues that we have today? Uh, we have um, is a illithid parasite, right? Illithid parasite. I guess it's a symbiote. Um... I think it's time to blow this plot line. So there's an illithid symbiote. I don't know how to spell symbiote. Uh, there's an illithid symbiote inside Shadowhawk. Only the illithids can remove it before Shadowhawk turns into one. S-Y-M-B-I-O. I think I got it right. Uh, I think it's time to blow that one. So that's a that's a secret. Um, uh, Trex is possessed by the ghost of, and what's his name? Uh, what's the name of the ghost? I already have an NPC chart for him. The problem with Notion is you actually have to remember someone's name. I guess I can do it and I can look at the NPCs. Um, uh, Janth. Uh, Janth Awar a member of the arcane and i have a i have a tag for the arcane brotherhood uh member of the arcane brotherhood uh he is bound 
to this world from his obsession. I guess that's a separate secret. Uh, he is bound to this world by his obsession of the power under the ice. Something very powerful and very old lies beneath the ice of uh, Icewind Dale, ice of the Dale. Uh, something very powerful, very old lies beneath the ice of the Dale uh, as night has, uh, descends, as night continues, cracks. Uh, what is below may become revealed. Maybe something very powerful. Uh, okay, so uh, there are four other members of the arcane uh, in Icewind. Uh, they are not well liked by the towns. One member tried to take over 10 towns five years past. 10 years past? 10 years past. Uh, Valish Gant. Oh, come on. Uh, Valish being held in the prison of the prison is Revel's End, I think. Yes. Revel's End. Torga and the Torg um, uh, and the Torg company were sent to Revels and themselves. Um, yeah, it's a good question about what the relationship is between Oral and Thrun. I don't know. I know it's not coming up in my next session, so I'm not worried about it yet. Uh, so, oh, I'm so glad that people uh, are using the Notion hotkey every time people say, what are you using? Uh, are they competitors? Do they, maybe like even, like maybe she doesn't care. She doesn't, she doesn't know. She doesn't care. You know, I don't know. Like, what do they think of each other? Are they like invisible to one another? Because one's a god and one's an elder evil and they kind of can't see each other. I don't know. It's a good question. <coughs> um, let's see. So there's seven secrets. Um, so um, uh, East Haven has captured one of the um, has captured one of the members of the Arcane Brotherhood. Who killed some guards while being questioned and likely killed the missing fisher folk. Um, old artifacts have gone missing in East Haven. The town guard, the town, um, was a sheriff, uh, was attacked by one of these ghosts. Stolen by ghosts.
town sheriff was attacked by one of these ghosts. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One more. I need one more. Good morning. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, I need one more secret. So, uh, what else? These ghosts have been seen as far as Sierra Koenig. Um, they leave footprints like that look like dwarves. Yeah, I can whip out the secrets someday. Some days getting getting secrets is not hard. I think I think thinking in secret form, you get better at it. Like I, I I know I talk to people that have trouble figuring out how to do secrets, and I'm probably oversimplifying the problem, but I would say a lot of time they're overthinking them. Right? They're not hard, and they're things you know. Like you don't have to come up with all new ones. They're things that are in your head. Like just you're just getting them down. Um, but yeah, I also think that thinking in secret terms gets you faster at coming up with secrets. Like when you're used to doing them, you get better at them. Like everything, right? I think. What do I know? Fantastic locations. We have the mine. Uh, some interesting things in the mine. We need the uh, the mine flare. The illithid chamber. Any other fantastic locations? I don't think so. I mean, nothing that's not in the book. Um, I don't think I'm going to drop many monuments in, in place while they're traveling. I don't think every time they travel, they have to come up with something new. Um, but if I need to, I can always, uh, whip up a, an, an, an interesting monument. I'll, I'll put a little placeholder here for interesting monuments. Uh, Icewind Dale monuments. There we go. Just in case I need one, I can look it up. Uh, NPCs, we have treks. I almost wish that this auto-populated from, wouldn't it be cool if the NPC section, hey, uh, is there any notion, you know, gurus out there? Is there a way for me to, every time I link to a certain tag in here, it would add the list? It almost seems like you could do it. Like if I have linked to it here and if it has a tag of NPC, stick it under the NPCs. Wouldn't that be cool? In the meantime, I got to do it by hand. Um, what is the old ghost name? Janth. So we have Janth Awar, we have Oris. Mastu. Uh, anybody else? Any other NPCs? that I can think of. I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it for NPCs. Um, monsters, kobolds, growls. Um, and I'm not going to worry about anybody else. Treasure, like a sublink after typing at. Yeah, I just, I, it'd be cool if this section auto-populated from stuff, but I don't know. That seems... Um, Treasure. Let's take a look at who has what. Uh, Ilda, uh, I think I wrote in. She has a plus one greatsword, so she's good for right now. Auken, there was some, I think there was some magic item trading around. Uh, I think he got rid of his boots of the, the Winterlands, and now he has something else. I think he put an item... Um, I have to figure out some some items got shifted around. Uh, Shadowhawk um, has bracers of defense. Uh, Gore Shadow, you know what Shadowhawk would love though? He'd love a wand. What would be a cool wand? Because it would make sense that Janth Janth could offer up uh, a wand. And maybe he possesses the wand. Um, 
to do wand. Let's take a look at wands. Polymorph fear. Wand of Orcus. That sounds good. Wand sheath. What's a wand sheath? Uh, a common magic item. Wand sheath clamps your arm and imparts a falling pen. A wand sheath can't be removed from you while you're attuned. Oh, it's attunement. Retuned by Warforge. Insert a wand into the sheath as an action. The sheath can hold only one wand at a time. You can retract or extend the wand from the sheath as a bonus action. While the wand is extended, you can use it as if you were holding it, but your hand remains free. If a sheathed wand requires attunement, you must attune the wand before you can use it. However, the wand sheath and the attached wand count as a single. That's a Warforge thing. Hmm. I don't know. I like the idea of a wand sheath, though. Wand of Smiles, Wand of Magic Detection, Enemy Detection, Scowls, Magic Missiles, always good. Wand of Entangle, that's not bad. Pyrotechnics, Paralysis. Wand of Winter, oh boy, that'd be, that's rare. Seven Charges, Ray of Frost, Sleet Storm, and Ice Storm. Um, What does Sleet Storm do? It sounds like a pain in the ass. He'd love something like that. Is there a wand of fire? It's got to be a wand of fire. Wand of conducting web, viscous globs, secrets, fireballs, lightning bolts. Uh, a fireball wand is too powerful at this point. Wand of binding, wand of wonder, wand of the war mage. Um, that looks like the. those are all of the wands. So let's see, Wanda Magic Missiles is always nice. I think he would he would be fine with that. Um, the Wand of Magic Missiles is um, it's low power, but it's uh, yeah. The Wand of Winter is very thematic. Wand of Web is cool. Uh, I think I'm going to chicken out and go with the wand of, um, oh, these thick, these foci, right? Let's, is there a, yeah, let's look at the new Tasha's items. Cause that might be cooler, right? Wand of magic missiles is, did we ever come to an agreement about whether every magic missile that hits a target requires, con I mean, I'm, I know that in my game, I'm not going to, if you blast a guy with a volley of magic missiles, they don't make 15 concentration checks. They only make one they all hit at the same time. And I thought that had been agreed to, but apparently it has not. Uh, so let's go to source books. Let's go to Tasha's. And let's go to magical items. So we have all these tattoos. Uh, is there a good sorcerer one here? Um... I'm not going to do artifacts. I'm probably not going to do rare. Maybe, maybe rare, but uncommon. Um, so I guess everyone else is saying that magic missile busts bust the hell out of concentration. I think it's kind of lame for a first level spell to be able to do that. Uh, so I usually treat them as one source. But I thought that had been agreed to, but apparently not. Amulet of the Devout. Uh, Process no way you wear this holy symbol of spells and attack with DC. So that's an M. Okay, that's good for spellcasters. Uh, Arcane Gwimmar. Let's take a look at this. While you're holding this leather-bound book, you can use it as a spellcasting focus for your wizard spells. It's tuned by a wizard, so he's a sorcerer. So that's not good. We don't have any wizards. Um, uh, barrier Tattoo. Um, tattoos are kind of cool. Bloodwell vial. By a sorcerer. To attune this vial, you must place a few drops of your blood into it. The vial can't be opened while your attunement lasts. If your attunement to vial, uh, vial ends, the concentrated blood turns to ash. You can use the vial as a spellcasting focus for your spells while wearing or holding it. And you gain a bonus to spell attack rolls and saving throw DCs of your spells. The bonus is determined by vial's rarity. In addition, when you roll any hit dice to recover your hit points while you're carrying the vial, you can regain five sorcery. Regain five sorcery points. 
Wow, that's pretty good. I think we will have a Bloodwell vial. Ooh, and it could be a Netherese Bloodwell vial. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but he has a magic. Let me make sure. I, I kind of dig this one, so we're going to stick this in the list because I bet he likes that. And it's cool and thematic. It's cooler than a, than a regular wand. I lost my place in my notes. Do, do, do. Um, uh, oh yeah, so who else needs an item? Uh, so sword, axe, shadow, gore. I think gore might need something. Um, uh, so he wants an amulet of the devout. So let me take a look at the amulet of the devout because you mentioned that specifically on his wish list. Um, Amulet of the Devout. It is an uncommon item. While you wear this amulet, you channel the divinity feature without expending one of the feature's uses. Once this property is used, it can't be used until the next time. You gain another. Guess who I'm never giving this one to? Uh, freaking Twilight Clerics. Um, a symbol of a deity inlaid with precious stones or metal. Metals. Um, Amulet of Devout would be a good one, and and he would like that, and he he is deserving of a magic item. I don't think he has one. And maybe the amulet is a coin. All right, so we've got our treasure. Um, I think we're all set, right? I think we've got everything we need. Uh, I think the main, um, I thought that because Jeremy Crawford in 2016 declared in a tweet that thematic, that magic magical was a single damage roll, that it would be a single instance of damage. I thought so, but I don't know. All I know is in mine, it's going to be a single because it's too, too, too good otherwise. Um, oh, we can trim our notes, trim our scratch pad here. We have a marching order for my Wednesday group, Sunday group. And we are good to go. So my notes are all set. Uh, and I feel confident to run today's game. So uh, I want to thank everybody for coming today. I hope you enjoyed the show. It is always a pleasure to spend time on Sunday mornings with you fine folks and uh, work on my game and talk about D&D. It's a great joy of mine. I look forward to it every week. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms and uh, have a great... Hey, my mom stayed the whole time. Wow. Mom, happy Mother's Day. Everybody say happy Mother's Day to my mom. She is here on Twitch. And uh, yeah, so we will enjoy our D&D game and uh, I will be back next Sunday and we will talk then. So have a great week. Call your moms and uh, have a great day. Thank you all very much.